Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stevenson. And I'm Sarah Hink. Thank you for joining us for number, I don't know, episode. Of the Exit Strategy. <laughs> we are fabulous attorneys with New Direction Family Law. Yes, that's correct. We and practice in North Carolina. We do. We started this podcast because we wanted, we think we need a podcast that's all real and down to earth and let's see what's happening in divorce and separation. Yeah, not just bore you with the actual legalese of it all. Of course, if you talk to us, we'll give you all legal advice We'll you be need. as boring as you want us to be. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I find it's really important to be boring on one side and then I have to expand that because everyone didn't go to law school and it's really, it's much better to break it down and just simplify things into if this happens and these are some other things yeah. that might happen afterwards and follow. Yeah. So we thought this, we started this podcast to be educational and bring it down to the people. So yeah. In real life. And, yeah. and speaking of real life, today's subject is we're going to talk about step parents and their role in coming into a new family, sharing children with step parents and maybe having your ex have remarried right. and now you're dealing with someone on the other side that's a step parent. And obviously a lot of emotions coming and going. We'll talk about step-parent adoptions. That happens every once in a while. And it's just, it's a good area to talk about. There's hard parts to it if you're living it, but there's a, a huge upside to it as well. And, and Jen's going to help us a lot with this one too. There is. And there's a 99.9% .9 chance, especially if you get divorced when your kids are young and you're young, that there are going to be step-parents involved. And just like we were talking about, it can be a positive. Yeah, for, for sure. For everyone. Absolutely. I call my stepdad my bonus dad. I know. I hate the word. The I hate the word step. I hate stepchild. I think it's a bonus kid, a bonus daughter, because mm -hmm. it is. It's, it's I always say you can't have too many people that love your child. Yeah, there was actually I did a, a CLE, the continuing legal ed mm -hmm. education we need to do. Did one of those today, and on the panel was a judge that I didn't realize that yeah, she um, has a stepchild, but she referred to her stepchild as her bonus child. Yeah, I and know. I didn't know that, so it's lovely, and it's lovely to hear the judge talk about that. Right. And it's a judge who um, handles family law cases here in Wake County, and so that's it's good to know that there's someone that's going to make a decision about your case who has been there and understands exactly what step parents are like. So if you come to her courtroom and you start bashing the other step parent for no reason. Mm -hmm. And she's got a strong personality yeah. that I love. She's so. going to know. And she's yeah. not going to let you get out of there without hearing some of it. Yeah. So let's talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, Jen. Sure. So uh, this is great if you just listened to our last podcast. This should be episode 12, I believe. Oh, <laughs> oh I didn't know. That's cool. So in episode 11, we talked about all things social media, the good, the bad, the ugly, Actually. the addiction to it and everything. So this story came from social media. I have no shame and I follow <laughs> E! News on Instagram. Me too. all that juicy gossip of the celebs. And um, came across in the new year, Kate Hudson, who we love from 10 Things... No, not 10 things I hate about you. How to lose a guy in 10, 10 days. days. I, I liked her from that music one. You know, what was oh, it? I love that. Always. She, that's where she won her first Oscar, I think. I want to say always sunny, but that's not the right <laughs> no, one. No, that's not it. That's Almost famous. Almost yes, famous. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, and then she has her brother, Oliver Hudson, who um, has been in a couple of different things. I know him from Dawson's Creek. He, in the oh, really? seasons, he was a bartender from there, and that's where I met him. Or met him. They didn't put it on social media. <laughs> Good for um, you. Anyway, so they're siblings, and you can tell they look alike, and they're you know Goldie Hawn's children, biological children, and Goldie Hawn has been with Kurt Russell 
bless him. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Since 83, since 1983. And for the longest time, I thought that they were Kurt Russell's kids, but they are not. And Oliver and Kate have their own podcast called Sibling Revelry. And they were in the new year, Kate was talking about how they have these other siblings from their biological father and as well as from their mother that they don't ever communicate with or talk Mm -hmm. to when they're estranged Mm -hmm. from. And that there was actually some tension through social media in the past where Oliver called his dad out on Father's Day by saying happy abandonment day and then the oh, father wow. subsequently said please stop using the Hudson name <laughs> so now things have kind of just settled uh. according to their story but yeah so it just it, it brought into context that I like I said I would have never or for the longest time I thought that Kate and Oliver were Kurt Russell's kids and while Goldie Hawn and Kate Kurt Russell <laughs> never got married He's been like a father right, right. growing up and obviously they're far into their adulthood. And I think that just speaks a lot to, it made me think about my, my relationship with my bonus dad, which is absolutely amazing. He's been part of my life since I was eight or nine, mm-hmm. I think. And when I know you've got your, that situation, I, your life, I just thought it'd be a great topic because we get calls from step parents that are looking out for their spouse yeah. and right. their bonus children and trying to see what they can do and how they can help. And so um, I thought it'd be good just to bring step parents into the mix and Talk about how we work with them. Yeah, I think it's a great topic for everyone to hear. Because I understand the feelings of someone that's not on the side that's getting another spouse. Especially um, if you were the one that didn't want the separation mm-hmm. or that step parent was the reason for yeah, that. There's a lot of areas here. First of all, there's going to be another person mm-hmm. taking care of your child. And I hear a lot about, okay, why is she taking care mm-hmm. of my child when I'm available and he's at work when it's my child. And there's a lot of complaints about that. And a lot of times they're not valid. They're more so based on emotional issues. And like I said, totally valid to have right. emotional ties there, but they want me to do something about it. They want me to run in court and say, judge, judge, the child needs to be with their biological mother and the step parent shouldn't be taking care of the child. Do something about it. What happens if I actually did that, Elizabeth? Nothing, probably. <laughs> and you might, stepmother would get admonished for that. But, I, but I'm with you. It's like when a client comes to us and says that, we're not poo-pooing your feelings. We're not saying they're not valid. Our job is to tell you what will likely happen right. in court. So if the child is safe with that person, if they're not in any harm, they have a right to build a relationship with their bonus family and right. with their dad and that sort of thing. And it's hard to understand that. We're going to tell you that's how it is. Right. And especially if they're married and even, well, even if they're not married, right. they've been in a relationship for two, three years and they're in a stable relationship. There's really no issues there. Really that the court's going to look at it as this child is safe. You should be happy right. that, 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 that somebody is taking from care of right. them. Right. And there's an extra person, a bonus person that loves them. Right. And, and this is very different from the serial I will say that I have issues with serial dating and introducing and doing it quickly. I don't think that's appropriate for kids, especially if you have a joint custody, you have half the time that you do not have your kids. Go be an adult, but don't do that with your children. But this is different. This is someone you have married that you have intended to spend the rest of your life with. So the other party needs to come to terms with that and we need to help them figure out a way to deal with it. Yeah. And we usually say, I love to say, go to counseling, go to Mm -hmm. therapy work through those emotions because they are valid, but you're going to have to work through them. Right. And maybe whatever emotion that is, is holding you back from finding someone new. Exactly. And this is a long, this is a lifelong commitment. 
Not even though y'all are separated, everybody's gotten remarried. There are graduations, there are birthday parties, there are weddings, there are, there are christenings of grandchildren. Don't don't miss all of that. No, out of anger and it, it, spite. Right, right. No, and don't blow everything up. A lot of times when there is anger and some kind of vindictiveness, it seeps into other areas of the custody area. You and, know, you're, and, you're, co-parenting. And, and kids are smart. Yeah. Kids pick up on all of that. So now mm-hmm. you're mad about this and now you don't want to agree to that. And you're just making it harder and harder to co-parent with him because you're mad he's remarried or you're mad that she's remarried. It's tough. I get it. So what would you, what do you tell clients to help them through that? I first get real with them about what's going to happen in court. Nothing. Even when we're doing like a separation agreement and they want to say that they can't meet the child until they're married to the new person. I say, that's not really a good idea because think about it. You're pushing them into marriage. Maybe it's not the right person. I, for one, would want my child, see my child interact with who I want to marry first. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and make sure that's going like, to be a, a, a good relationship too. So I caution them on that. And a lot of times it's fresh. They just separated. So of course those feelings are higher than they're, they're ever going to be. And I think it's reasonable to say, and you put this and I do too a lot of times, is you can't introduce them until you're in a long-term committed relationship. And I usually say that six months. Yeah. And, and that's fine, right. you know, but once they're married and there's mm-hmm. nothing the court's going to do about that. No, of course, if they do marry someone who is abusive well, different, and yeah. that's different, that is different when there's valid concerns there. That's just some other person, whether it's a relative that's being abusive or a teacher, someone the child shouldn't be around. That's, you know, that's completely be, different. That's different. But here we're talking about a, a good, positive, nurturing relationship yeah. for a step parent. And before we started this, I thought I, I, you know, I mentioned to you, there are, uh, a false allegations made a lot about parents when someone is so mad that they go so far to say that her new husband, I'm pretty sure is touching my child inappropriately. I was, I've been amazed at how often I hear that um, in cases. And I think that just speaks from desperation and it speaks to the person who's making that allegation, how desperate they are and how little esteem they have within yeah. their own. Your kid is going to love you even if you're on a week on week. They don't see you for a week. If you have a strong bond with them, they're going to love you. They're not going to forget you. Mm-hmm. And it's more about the parent worrying that, oh, they're going right. to forget me and not love me and they're going to love the other parent. That's not true. Focus, that is not true. Focus on your child. Focus right. on that relationship, right. not the relationship of your ex and whoever they're with. And if you do make false allegations, especially if there are some form of like sexual allegations or something there, CPS is going to get involved. involved in They're going to put your child through so much evaluations, sometimes the physical evaluations. And it's just, if you're making those kind of false allegations, something's wrong with you and you need to go. And let's be clear. We're talking about false allegations. Yes. We're not talking about valid allegations that maybe have been disclosed or you feel is happening. Then yes, it's absolutely appropriate yeah, to disclose it. In the majority of our cases, when step parents come in, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. And I've had so many people tell me, I actually like dealing with... My the other ex's wife better, better than, than him. Like they actually make this that work better. That is absolutely better. true. I had, that's true. And yeah. I tell people that too. Sometimes I tell them the best thing that ever is going to happen to you is when he finds a new girl and focuses his negative on her instead of I you say. too. I mean, so they can be your best frenemy as a you know sort of yeah. thing. That yeah, like you guys do it. Let him sit over there. Y'all make the decisions. If you get along, that's that's great. Because a lot right. of times I find it more so. Well, no, both sides, both sexes. That someone might just be so obsessive after the separation. They just focus all their anger and energy on their ex. But once a new person comes into their life, mm-hmm. it's refocused. Right. And it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so I tell them, like, sometimes just let's just, what can we do to push them onto you know, match.com? <laughs> let's <laughs> right. give them a free subscription for Christmas or something. But, you know, I think the best advice that you can give is once you separate, everybody just take a breath. Don't go looking 
for a new relationship, this is a long-term commitment here. Three months or six months or a year isn't going to make that much difference. And if you wait, it makes the transition, I think, a whole lot easier because everybody's had time to accept that we're separated. This is not our family anymore. This is our new family. And so waiting to bring someone new in can is always, to me, the better advice. That's great advice. A lot of people don't listen to it, but... Because yeah, they think with their <laughs> yeah, their head. But, yeah, huh? I'm amazed how quickly people jump back into it. But I tell them, I was like, just make sure you're mentally prepared. I just go, again, go see a counselor, go see a therapist. Right, That's right, what I'm right. most concerned about. I'll obviously lecture you on the legal indication mm-hmm. or things that could happen because of this. And maybe they apply to your situation and you should be extra careful or maybe they don't and you could go date, but are you really mentally prepared to do that? And is that a good thing for you just spiritually? In some cases I'll be like, well, our relationship's been dead 20 years. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I say. In the grand scheme of things, waiting six months or a year is like, I do get those like, what the, I mean, if the, you're like 70, I can understand yeah. 80, I get it. But. That's what I'm talking about. I get a lot of cases when people are in their, their 50s, 60s and, 70s and they've been well they don't have small kids either i mean so, i'm assuming so six months might be all they have left i'm talking about if you're a young family with like <laughs> elementary school people oh my god like, go live it up like we a recent guy no, if your kids are grown and flown go f- screw anybody <laughs> you want to yeah I right. the gray std rate is increasing maybe i guess i'm i'm talking about being what, a small kid what about okay so vaccinations are good for 65 and up now so people are gonna be hitting it hard i'm about to see an explosion in the gray divorce that's area right once these vaccinations get in <laughs> I don't think if somebody remarries when they're 70 and their kids are 50, that set parents are going to be a problem. Yeah. I, could, I could be wrong, but, but I don't it think still so. hurts. I will say that I have a case right now where the husband left and they had been separated for a while, but the wife thought they were just living separately. Yeah. They just angry, older, don't get along, whatever. But then he bought a house with his paramour and then it really hit her that this is what's been happening. And it's just, Aww. and it breaks her heart and it breaks my heart. People still need to be honest with each other. First and foremost, just be honest. If you want to go off and live with someone else, tell them. Don't snoop around and put on a facade at any age. Just be honest. Again, we go down a rabbit hole. We're I know. Talking about step parents step anymore. Parents. We're talking about screwing around, but that's okay. <laughs> so another thing we want to talk about is TPR, which is a termination parental right. rights and how that will lead to a step parent adoption. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? Elizabeth? I can. I have... Th- Sounds so weird, but those are like my favorite cases because if you get a termination of parental rights is you have to show that the child's been abandoned for six months prior to filing your claim. And a lot of times it's years and years. And so this child is, can't be in, parents have remarried and they have new children and the stepdad wants to adopt this child and give her or him, his name, mm-hmm. you can't do that if there's still a dad out there, even if that dad hasn't been involved in this child's life for 10 years. Right. So you have to terminate those rights in order for the step-parent to adopt this child. And the stories you hear are just heart-wrenching because even if kids are 10 or 12 years old, they know. They haven't no. seen this parent. They don't know them. And this is my dad. And why can't, why do you have a different name and I have this name? It's really hard. It is so hard. So when that and when that TPR comes through and you do that step parent adoption, that is, I don't get happy days and you may win or you may, but it's still not a happy day. Somebody's going to, but that's like a day you're creating a family. I mean, it is really, family. that's what you do it for. Yeah. And, and I have a case, we got him, we got the rights terminated two years ago that appealed. 
And so two years later, here we are, and they got terminated again. So this poor child has waited four years to start her family. Yeah, I have a case that's being appealed right now, the same situation. And it's really, there's a high standard to terminate someone's parental rights. And that's a good thing. And they get an automatic appeal and they get a court appointed attorney if they are indigenous. I can't hate that word. (laughs) Indigenous. Indigenous. (laughs) Indigency. Indigence. If they can't pay for an attorney. Yeah. So you fill out this affidavit of your income and your expenses and you get afforded a court appointed attorney because it's a constitutional issue that's being litigated here. And so they get an automatic appeal. They can just say, I want to appeal it. And that happened in your case. It's happening in my case. And it's the same situation where there's been a parent involved in this child's life since she was a baby. I know. That's her dad. I know. And she understands there's a biological father Mm. out there, but she doesn't ask about him. Well, she She doesn't know him. They don't know. She knows he exists. And she's old enough to like, she she knows. And the fact that she doesn't ask about him when she does know. I think says all it needs to speaks say. volumes, exactly. And, and, and I, now they have to jump through more hoops again. And I, I really hate that for them. I know, but at the end of the day, it's like a good thing. And I, and I will say it's like having a, doing a grandparent custody issue. There is a higher standard and there should be. There, mm-hmm. Every parent has a constitutional right to parent their child. And so you have to show that parent is unfit in some way to lose that right. To a third party, yeah. And, and that's a high standard. And I think it should be. So when you can meet that, yeah. And that's a that's a happy day. You've done the right thing. Right. And I there think. there are more grounds for you to do a termination of parental rights too, not just the abandonment. abandonment. So right. if you think that you might have a case out there where maybe there's a court order for child support and he or she hasn't paid in a couple of years, although I think it's just a year long, but in my experiences, judges want longer than six months for abandonment. They do. Well, they um, do, but that's all you can put. That's all you can put evidence on of. Yeah. You know. That's why it came down for me. But <laughs> Have you guys ever seen like a celebration? I've seen that. I got on that YouTube channel thread every once in a while where you'll see like an adoption. Day uh-huh. where the court uh-huh. celebrates so and stuff. Yeah. Those are really fun yeah. to watch. Have you yeah. guys ever seen anything like that? My son was adopted, so I had one of those. So, yeah. So I, I have a soft place in my heart for adoption. But and so to me, if a step parent st- steps up mm-hmm. to, to take care and say this child is mine that's not theirs by blood you can't be a better person than that mm-hmm. i don't think yeah if you want to feel good just run down that youtube absolutely yeah. absolutely the videos on facebook like whenever the kid like gives the step parent a gift and they open it up yeah, i know oh, and wow. it's their adoption yeah, yeah. Tears. every time i know every time i know i can't I handle know. such joy the thing of it is we don't get joy very often no even if we win a custody case or even if you get them alimony or whatever. You don't win. But literally in that situation, that's a joy case and you do win. Yeah. Yeah. And and grandparent cases, I do a lot of those. Those are big. Those are tough. I've also done a step-parent case where she was so intertwined with the children that when she separated from the biological father, she wanted some form of custody. Oh, the Uh, mm step-parent? Mm-hmm. And so we were just talking about if you're not the biological parent and there's custody already between them, you have to show that both of the biological parents are somehow unfit, unfit to parent in order to get custody. And in this situation, the biological mother had some kind of illness, disease, where she was she's terminal and she is not really able to parent well, but mm-hmm. she's she has her own husband who would help with the kids, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't spend a lot of time with her. It was actually the stepmother who did the day-to-day, who yeah. did the, the schooling, mm-hmm. and there, it was all girls, and was really super close to these girls, and she split from her husband, 
I told her, I was like, I don't know that we can prove that they're unfit. And I went for it. We lost because who who would would opposed it? Everybody. So mom was offended saying that mentally she was still there. And, and I, it it was hard to to argue this case. It is because that's in the, it's, but. That would be in the best interest for the child to still, right. work, but you have to show that they're unfit and they want. And I was trying to say dad's unfit because, he because he's not letting the kids see that. this woman, woman that's been in their life right. for so long. And the kids want to be with her and they want to spend time with her. And she fought as hard as she could. I told her, I don't think this is a winning case, but it's worth it. It's worth it a is. shot. And I remember the judge afterwards was like, really good attorneys here. It's a really good argument, but unfortunately the law does not. I can't do And I've had some, I had a grandparent case in Harnett County and the same thing. And what I said to them was, this child is going to grow up and they're going to see what you, how hard right. you fought for them. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, you may not win today, but I truly believe that at some point yeah. that child will reach out to you them. You fought for them and they right. know that. And they know that. And she still to this day does all she can to stay in those girls' lives. Oh. And she still, after they separated, was the one that would go to their school, would pick them up, take them to practice, call them every day on the phone. Like they had a very close relationship. And it breaks my heart that he, and this is just, it's just a shitty thing that he did. Yeah. To his kids, not just to his wife. And he then still let him do, let her do that? I mean, he tried to prevent her from ever seeing them but Aww. the kids are old enough to have their own cell phones so they'll call her oh and they can't that's what i'm telling you yeah. the kids are they'll get it they'll go around it but you know f him but again <laughs> in our podcast two back we're talking about statues like we are bound by what the law yeah. says not by what we think is right it's not so a court of fairness think. that's for sure yeah for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. and it's not in, like you said before if all we had to show is what was in the best interest of the you child would have one slam dunk and Fortunately, I, I've learned in practice that a lot of states don't even have that issue. As long as the biological parent is there, that's it. There's no best interest of the child. Oh, really? Yeah. Florida, oh. apparently. But I don't practice in Florida, so I don't know. Oh, the my God. We're actually ahead of Florida. That's shocking. I had that grandparent case that went down there. I, oh, that's right. I oh, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. That I keep having to testify in and everything. And their laws down there are just completely different when it comes to third parties. Like, best interest doesn't matter. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Well, I think it always should matter, but me too. I'm not the governor, legislator, or sit on the appellate court, but no, we just do. We do fight. We're in the trenches. We're in the trenches, fighting for anyone that we can. We are. There are just some clients that you just get attached to that you want to. We always fight hard, but there are some that are just that you lose sleep over and you cry over and you right because you see them. It's justice is not coming their way, and you try your hardest to give justice to them as much as we can especially if there's children involved right. or something that affects their livelihood right? and just doesn't seem fair. Even though legally we know the law says this and that this doesn't seem fair. What kind of crafty legal argument can we make to maybe make this happen? Right. And I think that's part of our job is to be creative and yeah. figure out what we can do. And I love sitting down. That's why I love our office. We're still COVID, but we all wear a mask. We're all in a separate office, but just to bounce ideas off of off of each other I think it makes us better attorneys yeah. and better for our clients and find strength in each other because you know you might get you might go to court have a bad day and, and you're like oh my gosh I can't believe we lost this and then we talk to each other and you're like you know what we did all we could because you're talking to you know Elizabeth I'm talking to Chris and I'm just like this is what I tried like yeah that's the best you, you can, can do. do that's the best you can and do and sometimes judges don't make what we think are the right decisions and there's a lot of leniency in what they can do there's a lot of discretion 
Yes, so there is. <laughs> we can go in there. Don't we get me started. Don't get me down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And that's why if you, we can, we'll settle your case because we don't want that roll of the dice happening to you where we think your case is strong and go in there and the judge, for whatever reason, just doesn't like anyone that day. And right. Maybe he screws both of you somehow. Exactly. No one walks out of court happy a lot of the times. No, they don't. Nobody will. Yeah. Rarely does that happen. Hey guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever known a friend that's gone through some sort of a custody dispute, you can imagine how stressful it is. Or if you've gone through a custody dispute yourself, child custody disputes can be one of the most stressful and exhausting times of divorce for you and your children. You know your children best, and it's important that you know your legal rights and options and have a say in what's in the best interest of your children. At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients in child custody matters. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you're going through a child custody matter or you have a loved one that is, let us be strong for you so you can be strong for your children. Give us a call today at 919-719-3470 to schedule an initial consultation or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. Step parents, they can be such amazing people brought into a life and there's so many... um, awesome stories of step parents coming in, bonus parents. And it doesn't mean you have to all four, if there's, there's four parents stay together. Yeah, maybe, no. no, it does not have to be that way. Maybe like once or twice a year, maybe never, maybe just the big like weddings, like you said that. So I say, why do you have to even see them? You don't have to. You don't have to. As long as they're a good person and you're they're taking kids, care of your kid. Yeah, it's an extra person to love them. I know. Also, maybe they'll leave some extra money to your kid. That's good. <laughs> hey. You only have to pay for half a college now. <laughs> coming from... A personal side, because your son has a stepfather. Uh-huh. What advice would you give out there to parents that are considering bringing someone that they're seriously dating, introducing to their kids, and maybe a marriage and becoming a bonus parent? Being that mom that went through that, what advice would you give to people that might would, be considering that? Yeah, I mean, I was very cautious. I I didn't introduce John Thorne to anybody except two people, and I dated them. And Tom, I introduced him to. We've been dating for six months. And I remember when we got married, John Thorne said to him, oh, I have another dad. And Tom said to him very lovingly, oh, no, son, you do not. <laughs> you have one dad. I'm your I'm your stepdad. I'm your bonus dad. But you have a dad. And I think that's the right mindset. Is, is don't, the step-parents should not overstep. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not the parent. And I always say, and a lot of people say step-parents should not discipline. I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's a, what people say, professionals say. But again, you can never have too many people that support and love your family. And I will say that two men to be a role model, an example, or two women to be a role model, an example for a child, it, there's not, if they're good people, what's wrong with that? Right. You know? So I had a good experience. I'm sure people have bad experiences. But. Yeah. Being from a kid that came from it, I remember, and my bonus dad's fantastic. But when he first came into the picture and he didn't, he had never had kids before. Like he didn't have kids of his own before. He'd never been married before. And he wanted to come in. And my mom was very talking to my brother and I about what she wanted us to meet this guy. And then he did everything so great. Like before he was going to propose, like he asked for my brother's yeah. permission. He took me ring shopping, which I was like 10 at the time. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then, then later on, once we were really settled as more of a family, there there were some of those issues yeah. like discipline. There were things that you're not did. my dad. Oh, I, I 100% oh, I heard that. He yeah. me his little girl. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, not your, your little, little girl. girl. And so there was that. And then like just other things that the way that he was raised, that's mm-hmm. all he had to go by. But my mom would take it if he did something, then she, he, she would talk to him privately. Yeah. We do that a little bit differently. So let's talk about this. And so we can figure out how to parent. I mean, she definitely wanted to have that role, but she was 
she made very early on that telling him like my kids will always come first you just need to oh absolutely yeah and I think you have to you have to know that yeah my closest part of being closest step-parent relationship coming in is my best friend lost her mother when we were in our very young 20s or middle mid-20s and that was just that was so tough and her mother had a disease unfortunately where she lived longer than she expected to but her her mind was gone Mm -hmm. and then so her mom passed and that was just heartbreaking on her and then her father eventually dated and Mm -hmm. got remarried and that was a struggle for my friend and I know that she probably wasn't always the nicest to that (laughs) her new stepmom been there too (laughs) yeah and so there's that aspect too and even as adults is it as adult yeah I think it's harder on adult children actually right because you know this is she lost her mom and now her dad's moving on with someone else and to really struggle with that today she happy yeah it's amazing relationship but we all just have to respect each other and know that we're all going through different emotions when right. these things happen when relationships change in our life and the best like again go see a counselor and talk through these emotions like right. why am i so angry that my dad is remarrying didn't have anything to do with your dad remarrying no yeah, and nothing to do with the person that he's right. marrying so that whole family is so beautiful now and no, it's a struggle but just that. advice for anyone when something changes and just be gracious be thankful for the good it, things it, it, and right. prepare yourself to accept something new that's right so yeah. I would say our, our closeout line today, I don't know. I just feel good. We <laughs> have a positive. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're feeling, if you're having step parent problems, I don't really feel too bad for you. <laughs> Ain't that some shit. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This episode is complete. Visit newdirectionfamilylaw.com for show notes and resources and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more resources and information. And remember, with change comes empowerment.